Okay. Hi everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Startup Couches. I'm really, really excited to have Mark on the couch today. Hi Mark. Hi Lizana, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really, really nice to have you on the couch. And today we're gonna to be talking about Dream VC. Mark is the founder of Dream VC and we're gonna be learning all we can about Dream VC today. So welcome to the couch, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, how are you doing? How's your day been? How's the weekend been? Uh, I think you know me. There's no such thing as a weekend when you're working and hustling away. <laughs> so, yeah, day's been pretty busy. We're working on a lot of things. We're actually planning about 16 events at the moment all at once. So, it's a bit of a nightmare, but uh, it's something yeah. that I like doing. So, keeping me busy. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. 16 events at the same time. That's a whole lot, actually. So, um, just diving right into it, tell me, what is Dream VC? You know, is Dream VC a VC firm? You know, tell me more about Dream VC. When I hear Dream, Dream VC, I think VC firm, you're invested in companies. So, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's like a fair question. Uh, I get this a lot, but yeah, Dream VC, contrary to the name, we're not actually a VC fund. We are something called an investor accelerator. What that basically means is we work to accelerate current or aspiring investors. In our case, I mean, we do this specifically with an African focus and we do this by running competitive online programs, which tend to be about three to five months long. And we take in aspiring African VCs, aspiring African focused angels, ecosystem builders, really anybody who's interested in the VC space in Africa. And we kind of give them the knowledge and network and the access they need to either land a role or succeed somehow in another way in the innovation ecosystem. Hmm. That's actually really interesting. Investor accelerator. So can I think it's like YC, but for investors, for Indian investors, for example? Yeah, I'd say like if you come to YC, you're coming there as a founder, hoping to get the knowledge and the social capital to succeed, right? Yep. For us, it's if you're coming to us as an aspiring investor, we're hoping to get the knowledge and the Hopefully the connections to succeed. That's kind of the same thing we're doing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's actually really, really great. Um, and so, um, why the focus on the investor side of things? You know, like we mentioned, YC, there are other programs for founders. Why the focus on the investor side? Is there like a gap in the in the, in the markets that you identified? Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. Uh, you kind of uh, hit the nail on the head just now, a second ago. There's a lot of things that are working to help founders. That's really great. But I think it's unfair of us as the ecosystem as a whole when we say to founders, hey, we're going to support you with incubators and accelerators and studios and all this. And then there's nobody sitting on the other side to fund these founders. So we build people to that dream of, hey, you can go and build your next billion dollar business. And then there's no one funding them. So I think on our end, it's just that realization that there is a gap both a gap in the number of investors but also a gap in this whole infrastructure around kind of getting more people into the investment space supporting investors building the entire vc space so that's really what we focus on and i'd say that gap is pretty consistently large all across africa and even outside africa with an african focus i mean i recall from my time in corporate there'd be large firms that had maybe 100 employees covering different regions maybe dozens covering the uk or the us and then one or two people covering the entire african continent until that changes, I'd say there's a pretty big gap. Mm. Okay. Um, that's actually a really, really big gap. 
compared to the western markets say the us the uk in africa how big is this gap can you quantify it can you give me like some context to it yeah for sure i mean i think the gap especially for investors it's huge and i'll give you several examples to prove that so number one is if we look at just angel investors, I think you brought them up earlier. Angels are the guys who give the very, very early, early funding for uh, initial startup ideas. Mm-hmm. You'd think that there should be a ton of these because there's loads of people who support entrepreneurship and who really evangelize supporting entrepreneurs on the continent. But actually, I think there's about 60 times more angel investors just in the UK alone with a population of 60 million than there are across Africa with a population of 1.3 billion, right? Oh, wow. So if you think about it like that, it doesn't even make sense to compare it to the US, which is like the most effective startup market in the world. That just makes everyone feel sad, right? So there's clearly a lot of work to do in terms of getting more people who are kind of working professionals, who are maybe startup operators on their own end, who are people who are curious about startups to actually start kind of writing checks or supporting them tangibly. Hmm. Amazing, actually. Interesting. So um, the gap is really, really huge. And what is the aim of Dream VC um, with respect to bridging that gap today? You know, um, how how would you describe Dream VC in a year's time, for example? I mean, I'd say probably it's it's a simple vision to describe to people, especially if you're someone sitting in the US. But on the continent, perhaps it's something a bit more novel. So really, Dream VC started with the idea of. How can we help more individuals break into roles in VC in Africa? And as simple as that. And okay. I think more widely, it's all about building what we say is the future of Africa's investor talent infrastructure. So really, the goal isn't just to create more check writers who are just there, just putting money in the table, but to really catalyze and kind of shape behavior, to shape the community effect, to shape collaborations in the next generation of African ecosystem builders. So hopefully help propel a lot more people to launch funds, help propel a lot more operators to understand how VC works, help propel a lot more people to start angel investing, to launch new hubs, and hopefully have a big multiplier effect as a whole across the continent. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, what would you say is what would you say are some some of the biggest problems to um access to funds for founders today, especially as you you're building Dream VC, which is basically an investor accelerator. What would you say are some of the unique problems founders in Africa face with respect mm-hmm. to actually assessing funds? Access, mm-hmm. um, I would say investor knowledge, investor expertise, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the biggest one, and it's one that I don't see as many people talking about because it's not easy to, to actually fix, is social capital. So, I mean, you know what social capital is. It's essentially who you know and how you can leverage that, yes, right? Sir. But most people who are entrepreneurs, at least most people who I know who are friends, who are former colleagues, who are entrepreneurs building something on the continent, they don't come from an inherited wealth background. Yes. They don't come from spending five to 10 years in investment banking or consulting or something else and then becoming a startup founder. Yeah. So they don't have that social capital. They can't just go to their WhatsApp and say, hey guys, who's interested? I'm building this kind of thing. But entrepreneurship in the west in europe and parts of asia for example in the us it's commonly something that people pursue not as like a 18 to 20 year old but more as perhaps like a 30 to 40 year old once you've had some operating experience you have some colleagues you have some networks so i think it's really that gap of being able to commercialize your network 
it just is a really really huge one because it's not just uh, what age people are doing this at it's also where they're doing this and who their colleagues and their surroundings will be so of course if you're someone from a super wealthy family you might be successful anywhere around the world but i think in general a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that they really need this social capital coming in and they really really see how big of a difference it makes when you see somebody let's say who studied abroad built those connections raising 10 million for their startup and then they struggle to raise even 1 million or half a million I think beyond that is just all about presenting themselves in the right way. So VC is really much an industry that hasn't actually evolved all that much since the 1980s. There's been a couple of big shifts, but it's not actually anywhere near as innovative as the startups they invest in. So there's a lot of things of how you can kind of present yourself with information that VCs expect to see. They want to see your traction, they want to see the vision. Most of them are really interested in the team, but I think most people who build a startup, they think, "Oh, it's all about the idea." It's all about how innovative the idea is. As soon as they hear this idea, they're going to think this is the next billion dollar opportunity, but it really isn't. VC is all about execution. So finding people who can execute, who can build something reliably, very successfully to a very large scale. And so I think there's a certain disconnect between what VCs expect to see and what founders are putting on the table because perhaps there isn't enough kind of investment readiness support as well on the continent. But you know, one issue at a time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one issue at a time. So talking about Dream VC, how do you pick cohorts? Like, is it like is application open for everyone who wants to venture into the space? How is the acceptance rate like? What is the process of getting into Dream VCs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good question. I think uh, again, another one I get asked quite a bit. So I think first, for some context, it's important to note that Dream VC as a whole. we have programs that we run and the programs kind of tailor to a different audience we have programs that run over summer and autumn and usually every year we have one program running called the launch into vc one which is like a three month program for junior professionals people keen to break into say analyst or associate roles and then one investor accelerator program running as well concurrently and that's the five month program for more experienced professionals for both the applications are somewhat similar and both of them are quite competitive So the application for both is about four stages from top of mind. It's an online application and it really just tests an individual's kind of long-term interest in Africa. It's none of these quantitative tests or long exams or anything like that. It's more like a motivational test to check are they interested? Do they have a passion for startups and VC? Are they a good cultural fit once they get to meet some of the former fellows who are now interviewees? And then they go through a, a, a engagement with our fellows. They see the fellows. They speak to some of our staff. And then if it seems like it's a good cultural fit and the answers are good, then they can make it in. I'd say because we're a community-first firm, the firm really began as a community at first, and people get access to the Dream VC community for life. We take every single individual pretty seriously. So even though we obviously want to help as many people as possible, we also want to make sure that anybody who's associated with Dream VC is someone who is really intentional. who really at the core of their heart believes that long term they want to do something amazing on the continent so finding the right cultural fits a big thing for us and i think that's kind of what led us to the current acceptance rate as things stand it's about 9% maybe 9 10% so mm. it's pretty competitive i'd say it's kind of like as competitive as you might see at kind of postgrad education level but i think it's largely because we have so many people who are interested and just because the acceptance rate is low doesn't mean that any individual can't be successful So we've had people from the early 20s to the 60s participating in the program and I'd say anyone can be a great fit just as long as they can really prove that their interest is genuine. Hmm. Amazing, amazing. I actually really like that. Um and to pick up back of that, I wanted to know um where these 
operators, I would call them, where 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 they are focused, where they are from. I see that the market you're focusing on is in the African market, but like operators could be from anywhere. So are you is this restricted to African operators or is this kind of global? No, no, no. I mean, the topics are entirely African, but the community is very much global. So we can take applications from everywhere. I think we see applications from about 40 countries around the world, at least as of last year. Amazing. But the content and program focus is very much on Africa's VC and startup space. So obviously, it's going to be a better fit for anyone who really wants to work in or lean into this focus as well. And I'd say maybe 90, 95% of all the people who've actually got into our programs in the past are either African or African diaspora, just because it lends itself better to demonstrating an interest in the space. Though I, I'd say for anyone listening, again, don't hold yourself back. I mean, I'm not African and I definitely had a really long interest in the space. So uh, please, you know, shoot your shot as well. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, yeah, you've definitely heard from Mark. So make sure you check out Dream VC and apply for one of the programs that makes the most sense to you um i i'll also like to know just like i i asked about um the issues or like the prevailing problems around founders what about operators in this space what are some of the really big challenges that you think that the african space is still battling with especially with respect to operators hmm what an interesting question this is why I love coming out here. Um, well, I mean, first, I'd say that the operator gap is a really huge one as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a reason why we've seen so many companies, for example, that have been successful in training software engineers or developers or UI UX designers in the last few years from Nigeria and from across Africa. Mm-hmm. There's a real global demand for hybrid tech operators, right? Yeah. But these aren't just the developers. And most people focus on developers, but there's a really unmet need in customer success, in sales, in BD, in operations, in HR, in executive assistance, for example, all of these industries, globally speaking, are actually industries where anybody can become relatively competitive if they kind of have the right mindset and they understand how to be very scrappy and work perhaps with less resources than they can do at a corporate. I think the problem that I see is, one, a lot of these operator roles aren't as glamorous or they don't sound as good so i think let fewer parents kind of want to see their kids go on to be a you know business development specialist than they want them to see going into being a lawyer or a consultant or a banker or an engineer which are kind of more i guess reputable careers at the same time there's this whole issue where the demand for the space just keeps growing growing and growing but many of the people who have experience in the space especially from what i've seen on the continent that experience isn't with startups So when they come in and startups hire them, there's a certain cultural disconnect where you come in maybe having worked at a really, really large firm, right? Think a global bank like Stanbeck, for example, and you have great experience and fits within that sector. But when you come in to work for a team of five people with no resources, maybe that's not as transferable. So I think understanding that you need to have some transferable skills and working to understand those and kind of sensitize your skills is a pretty big thing. And that's a pretty big opportunity for any operators out there. And I'd say that this space is only going to keep growing, right? There's, what, about 75,000 startups in the US, and there's only a couple of thousand of them in Africa at the moment, but take 10 years, and I'm sure there's going to be more startups in Africa than there are right now in India, right? So tens of thousands of startups. And those startups are going to need BD staff, they're going to need marketing staff, they're going to need operators, they're going to need uh, people working with supply chains. So the demand is going to just be there, and it's only going to keep growing. 
So if people know how to tailor their skill set to that market, then you know the world's their oyster, kind of, so to speak. Mm, yeah, totally, totally. That makes so much sense. Um, so yeah, I think this has actually been a really great conversation. Um, before I let you go, I wanted <laughs> to know one final thing, which is what your biggest lesson so far has been. I know like you have experience across like businesses across different markets, mm. and so I want to know. Um, within this operator space, within this investor space mm-hmm. in Africa, what would you say you have learned just by building out Dream VC and what it stands for? What are the new things or the few mm-hmm. interesting things you would say that you've kind of picked up and seen as someone who's been building in this space? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'll say first uh, an amusing one and the second perhaps an actual useful one to the listeners. An amusing <laughs> one is I think um, as a foreigner coming to work in Africa, I think I never quite realized how enormous the cultural gap is between, uh, for example, West African countries and East African countries. And I, I think I've grown quite attuned to a lot of questions which are controversial, but also very amusing to bring up. So uh, whether it comes up to debates about the origins of Jollof or who has the better tourism industry or who's doing this or that, I mean, it's always wonderful to see how how different people really are. So I guess I've just come to really love the diversity of people all across the continent. And as for, I think, something useful as a key takeaway and something that I actually really suggest other people emulate as well, it's just an approach that paying it forward really helps, right? So I think for me, I've never been someone who's a big proponent of um, aid or something to that end. But I think when you just genuinely approach relationships by thinking, okay, how can I help you? And you don't expect something back the reception can be really, really amazing. And, you know, that's worked so well for us in the last few years. And we've been helping people if we can, you know, even without ever thinking about can they help? And the reception back has been great. You know, anywhere I go, we can meet people who are friends or colleagues. And obviously we met like this as well with you. So um, yeah. it's always amazing to, to see what the reception can be. So just have some positive calm with people. I really hope, you know, pay it forward, do some nice things around you and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, pay forward, always pay forward. You know, being in a position to help or, or making sure that wherever you are and you can help, that you are helping. I think that's actually really great. So thank you. Thank you so much, Mark, for that. That's actually really helpful. Of course. Thanks for having me on and, you know, asking all these great questions. <laughs> yeah, I think I go one more question, actually. Yeah. Um, what's, how would you... What, what do you think about the idea of actually getting to a point where you could begin to cut checks at Dream VC? Have you ever thought about something like that? I mean, I've thought about it. I already sometimes invest on my own, just as an angel investor. Maybe at some point in the future, we we'll do something similar. I, I think I'll never say no to an opportunity, but at the moment, it's not on the kind of short-term roadmap. Yeah. I think the realistic scenario is we're just uh, really excited, but we're under a mountain of to-dos at the moment. And, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't even like at the back of the to-do list as something to consider. So I think there's a lot of things we can do. And obviously, as I mentioned, the problems that we're solving for are so huge. So we're focusing on that first. And then if something comes out, then great. But I, I guess I'll just always leave the door open for a possibility like that. I have some time down the line. Okay. All right. That's, that's actually a great answer. Um. Again, thank you so, so much, Mark, for coming on the couch. And if you've listened to this episode and you're intrigued, make sure to check out dreamvc.com, actually. Make sure to check out dreamvc.com. 
it is dream slash dreamvc.com um this is not a slash this is a what's it called a hyphen <laughs> yeah it's actually it's really so interesting because actually vc.com oh my god <laughs> i mean don't worry actually it's, uh, there's a whole story behind this it's because the hyphen's kind of like a bridge because we dream people or we help people to actualize that dream of moving into vc so i guess oh, wow. the easiest way to think about it is dream vc.com because there's a bridge between your dream and the vc space and the vc space yeah that's actually amazing thank you so much for that mark so yeah you already had it so make sure to check it out make sure to apply to the programs um they have events coming up so just make sure to visit and get immersed in what's going on and just like that um thank you and for everyone listening i know you've enjoyed this episode so make sure to follow us on all social media on twitter startup couches on linkedin and just keep following this for another conversation and until next time see ya